It is no secret that we live in a hypersexualized culture. Young people especially are exposed to lewd or vulgar images on a daily basis in music videos, movies, television, and video games. The targets of this sex-obsessed culture are often young women, whose bodies are used as products for male consumption. Many feminists, however, are careful to critique the explicit exploits of empowered women whose actions seemingly defy patriarchy and celebrate their ownership over their bodies and sexuality. Yet despite the clear interest in how these portrayals affect women, the most salacious, raw, taboo, and erotic media, pornography, is often left out of the conversation. Pornography is often considered too private and personal to discuss in wider conversations, especially around young people. And yet, pornography is even more popular and influential than one may think. According to the Domestic Violence Resource Center of Victoria, Australia, 35% of all internet traffic is porn-related, and global porn revenue is more than that of Apple, Google, Amazon, and Microsoft combined. Through the course of this podcast, I will be examining the feminist psychology behind this major industry and its consequences on the role of women. Through conversations with my fellow young adult women, we'll gain a better understanding of how these things affect our lives. I'll let my first guest introduce herself. Hi, my name's Rosie. We'll cover the recent surge in female viewership and investigate what these women watch and why others still won't. In the 21st century, women have been seeking their own sexual satisfaction more than ever. According to Nielsen Net Ratings, women are the fastest growing demographic of pornography users. In 2019, the top streaming site, Pornhub, saw the proportion of female visitors grow to 32%. So what has truly inspired this surge in female viewership, and where exactly are all of those new eyes going? Well, unsurprisingly, women mainly enjoy content that centers around their own pleasure, which mainstream pornography is largely lacking. Pornhub's 2019 review revealed that women are 260% more likely to view oral performances on a female, 183% more likely to view fingering videos, and 130% more into romantic searches. Women also reportedly preferred amateur pornography to ensure more authentic depictions of female pleasure. Yet the focus on pleasure is simply a symptom of the larger issue for women, the need to escape demeaning or stereotypical depictions of gender roles. This also explains why women seem to prefer queer content. Many top porn stars for women are gay men. Meanwhile, lesbian was the most popular category among women. Even more compelling were the results of a study at Northwestern University, in which researchers showed gay, lesbian, and straight porn to heterosexual and homosexual women and men. They found that while the men responded more intensely to porn that mirrored their particular gender orientation, the women tended to like it all. I think that's more about how society views women and men, that women are always treated as sexual. So even being being gay for women is usually advertised as, you know, you can have those interests but still be interested like more intensely in men. Like it's the idea of two women kissing at a bar 
that is for the attention of the male, not for the pleasure of the two females. So I think that is just a more common attitude in our society to have. Yeah. And I mean, I think that just comes down to like women basically being there for men's pleasure. And oh, yeah, for sure. And any depiction of that is just that's the only purpose for it, not because a woman wants to feel that pleasure themselves. A woman viewing the pornography of two women is more innately sexual than a man viewing pornography of two men. You know what I mean? Like there's no need for the, there's no societal message that two men being together is sexually arousing in any way. Admitting to yourself that you like something that is somewhat gay as a guy is extremely emasculating, Mm -hmm. at least in the eyes of society. And I think even in your private, even in the privacy of your own room, having that sort of admission to yourself is like can be unbearable for some guys because I think men fear being gay a lot more than women fear being lesbian it can also be a confidence booster when women enjoy responsibly as reported by psychology today some women said that seeing porn actors naked bodies helped them feel more normal about their own bodies and some even reported feeling better about their bodies after watching porn This seems to go against what the common stigma around pornography seems to be, that it can make women feel bad about their appearance. But I think when you compare it to things like like Instagram, I think you can make the comparison that pornography is actually a lot less problematic because Instagram models, they filter, they edit. Um, It's definitely not a realistic depiction of what the body can look like. And of course, porn stars normally get surgeries and whatnot to to perfect their bodies, but you can see a lot more realistic depictions of women. It's also like there's just so much more body diversity, right? Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, to say that men or women only like people of a certain body type is just, that's not true. And so I think if if you go through, like, porn, right, there's generally the most popular videos are going to be someone that's conventionally attractive, right? But mm-hmm. at the same time, if you, you can easily find videos of people of different races, different body types. You can even find, like, pregnant woman on there. Like, like there's just so much <laughs> diversity. Uh-huh. And so, so you can find someone that looks like you and see and go into the comments and see that people are, like, gassing up that woman. I think it totally makes sense that a lot of women get a confidence boost from pornography and seeing themselves celebrated and you know treated as attractive in a sexual way not just that all bodies are beautiful but your body in particular is extremely attractive to someone yeah and that isn't to say that to feel attractive you need to be sexualized right but Mm -hmm. it is nice to see people want want you so female viewers are increasingly watching and making porn their own and yet there are still many obstacles for women who wish to explore this male-dominated landscape. So some women enjoy at their own risk, but there are still many negative associations for customers that stop them from partaking in their guilty pleasures. Another large contributing factor to women's distaste is the objectification theory. In any media, if a woman continuously sees women treated as sexual objects, then she will begin to view herself as a sexual object. 
This is deemed self-objectification and is akin to taking of your perspective of oneself. For women, this can be extremely dangerous as the pressure to conform to sexual standards and therefore be valued overshadows the need of the whole human being. In a report published by Psychology of Women's Quarterly, pornography use led to eating disorder symptomology, body surveillance, and body shame. How do you think that this um, I, like impacts people? Like A few years ago, I remember watching this documentary about this woman who is going to get surgery on her vagina because her labia minora was really large. And mm-hmm. so she felt as though that she needed to get that surgery in order to be viewed as attractive. Like, I mean, we said before that, like, porn's diversity, and especially when it comes to, like, amateur porn and seeing people's naked bodies just, like, out there can be really beneficial. But also, like, sometimes it's almost like they give you things to worry about. Like, insecurity you would have never even had had you not seen someone in that light. You know what I mean? Like, who, like, if, Without pornography, you probably wouldn't know, like, what a bunch of different vaginas looked like. You know what I mean? Like, even in the locker room, you're not going to, like, look. You're not not looking for that. But if you do consume a lot of it, then you start to have this, like, comparison to make to yourself. And then that would give you, like, a complex like that woman had where that suddenly becomes an insecurity and a problem for her. You know, me and my brother, like, completely unrelated to this, have this whole conversation. (laughs) And we were both, Mm -hmm. like, were people uglier in the 1700s, right? Mm -hmm. Because you didn't have to think too hard about your appearance because the only person that you could really compare yourself to was, like, the other girls in your class. And all the other girls in your class were still, like, granted, there's always going to be, like, if you take, if if you dump me in a room with 10 other girls, chances are a good portion of them would be more conventionally attractive than me. But I'm only comparing myself to those 10 other girls, right? Now Mm. I have a whole host of other women to compare myself to. In a meta-analysis headed by University of Wisconsin professor Mike Allen, men and women had comparable levels of physiological arousal, yet women were more likely to rate a pornographic scene as disturbing, wrong, or degrading, regardless of their state of arousal. So is there a way for women to ethically enjoy porn? Or is pornography innately unethical? In my next conversation, I am joined by one of my favorite educated young women. Hi, my name is Hannah. In this section, we'll be discussing the merits of pornography and whether it does more harm than good. In the words of sexuality educator Marie Crabb, pornography openly promotes a script that not only privileges male sexual pleasure, it suggests that male pleasure is derived through dominance and through sex acts that are at women's expense. It conveys that there is something sexy about hurting women, or successfully pushing women to comply with sex they don't want or like. In the report outlined by Crabb, 88% of the most popular porn scenes show physical aggression. 94% of these incidents are directed at female performers, and in 95% of cases, the acts were met with either a neutral or a positive response by the target. I think it's interesting, but I think you have to remember that porn is made for men. 
Mm-hmm. Men watch porn more than women. So much porn. So I think, you know, when we look at it, like, yes, it is terrible that there's all this aggression against women in porn, but that's what men want to see. That's what they're looking for. And, like, the porn industry, they're just going to go ahead. And if that's what people want to see, that's what they're going to want to make. And there's a problem with that. But I don't necessarily think that problem can be solved by telling porn producers to, hey, can you make it a little less aggressive towards women? I think that's a problem that needs to be addressed within men. It's like almost a question of which came first, the chicken or the egg. Is it all of this Mm. truly aggressive pornography that has pushed men to start seeking that out in real life and therefore seeking it out in pornography or is creating these sexual preferences? Or is this something innate? I was talking to my friend the other day. She was saying how her boyfriend, like, he's not as aggressive with her as like she wants him to be and I like she was telling me all about it and I was like well you watch a lot more porn than does and like based on my research I'm like you're just more influenced to want that kind of thing because of your different viewing habits and he just doesn't consume it that much and therefore he doesn't have that preferences and it makes you consider like how much would people on their own want that kind of aggressive content if it wasn't pushed out to us because I think sure some people may have that preference but I don't think it's as widespread as it is it's not as naturally widespread as it is now because pornography just encourages it yet most of this evidence is common knowledge so how has pornography managed to survive And how does it possibly justify its existence? Shame is one of the largest factors that can induce the negative side effects of pornography. As published in Scientific American, the findings suggest that suppressing the desire to view pornography, for example, for moral or religious reasons, might actually strengthen the urge for it and exacerbate sexual problems. In other words, the effect of pornography, positive or negative, have little to do with the medium itself and everything to do with the person viewing it. People who are extremely religious, I mean, like we're talking like cult Mormonism, like very Mm -hmm. extreme. Those people where it's like masturbation is wrong, don't watch porn, you're going to go to hell, like you're going to die. I think those people are the ones who find porn the most liberating and like the most interesting whereas you have people who like grow up in families where it's like yeah like we don't really talk about porn but like it's there and like as you get older it's like okay sex is the thing porn Mm -hmm. becomes more of like a okay it's a thing maybe i'll watch it like it's around yeah word i mean i agree with that for sure a lot of the problems with pornography are not necessarily pornography but the stigma around it yeah, because if it's something that you, that becomes more normalized in your life, mm-hmm. it you it loses its sense of liberation. People who who understand porn know how to search for, like things that are more that interest them specifically, and not necessarily the the bad connotations. People where it's more normalized are gonna figure out and learn or be taught how to filter themselves when they look for porn. Mm-hmm. And what they're watching and as they're scrolling around what they know they probably shouldn't watch because that they may not enjoy it and it's also more might be more aggressive more might be more aggressive whereas people who don't have the experience or really know what it is 
they'll see something more aggressive and be like, oh, this must be what porn is. I'm okay with that. And develop their life around that rather than be critical and understand that, hey, there's more porn out there than that one type. For sure, for sure. I think essentially, like, if if you're always taught that porn and sex is bad, then you never learn what healthy or satisfying porn and sex can be. And so you're only going to find things that confirm that bias that porn is bad and that that doesn't benefit anyone. One of the most commonly cited repercussions, one of the most commonly cited repercussions is porn addiction. According to clinical psychologist, Dr. Daniel J. Lee, this seems to be a grand overreaction. There is no scientific evidence that your brain reacts differently to porn than any other form of entertainment. Essentially, you're no more likely to be addicted to Pornhub than you are to YouTube or to Netflix. So while frequent masturbation in porn could affect sexual behavior, that effect is due to masturbation. Dr. Lay also told a surprising and somewhat disturbing story to illustrate how overhyped porn addiction has become, stating, A young man contacted me recently asking for treatment of porn addiction. As we began to assess his needs, he reported that, by the way, he was also using heroin during binges each weekend. But because of the panic about porn, this poor young man believed that his porn use and masturbation posed a greater risk to his life and well-being. Even more shocking was the same sentiment being echoed on a podcast from NPR Utah, in which researcher Brian Willoughby was covering the Mormon community's reaction to erotica. After listening to their rhetoric, he stated that, quote, I'd rather be labeled as a heroin user than a porn addict. So I think it was absolutely insane, like, coming across in my research that two different people, there was two completely different sites. Like, there was one article from Psychology Today, the other one was from, like, this random, like, podcast I stumbled upon. But, like, the the fact that heroin in both cases was like <laughs> yeah definitely heroin over porn like hundred percent a lot less like harmful you're like clearly there's something wrong with the way we're talking about sex and porn in this country if that is like a theme the best is that it was NPR Utah because I mean yes. Utah Mormonism same thing basically yeah so if you look I think it was maybe three years ago Utah tried to pass a bill that banned porn i i kind of like defer to dr daniel j love's claim that like there's no scientific evidence your brain reacts differently like why would there be you know like we we in the u.s love to stigmatize sex so much and act like it's so different from our everyday lives but it's just really it's not like the big deal that the world wants to advertise it to you as and so like of course like in like Pornhub is not like some secret scary place that's gonna affect your mind any more than YouTube or Netflix or Spotify or like SoundCloud is like going to do like these are all forms of media these are all platforms that display people like doing things like it's it's and so your reaction is just yours. It's really interesting, like, to think about that because, like, when it comes to porn addiction, it's literally just people addicted to the dopamine or the serotonin rush. I think it all really comes back to this this whole idea of shame, especially in, like, religious communities. And I also think that's kind of what contributes to 
especially women's distaste with pornography is that as women we are taught to shame like to feel shame about our sexuality and feel guilty about expressing it or engaging taught that those aren't natural things to you so if you're doing that you should like feel shameful or guilty about your urges and like it's the same exact effect that like you know you you try and stay away from it and then you get into it and then you feel worse about it and it's like its own little pain cycle and you're like you don't need to be doing that this is all in your head no one can confidently state that pornography is purely positive Mainstream porn is discriminatory, exploitative, and rarely scrutinized for abuses, but these inequalities are not unique to the porn workplace. So what exactly do these workplaces look like, and how does pornography really look from the inside out? It will not surprise many that being an adult film actress is not usually someone's first career choice. Porn stars are women in desperate economic need who have run out of other options. It is this distress that is preyed upon. According to the Virginia Commonwealth University, companies will quote deliberately recruit from foster homes and shelters to feed a supply chain with a constant need for fresh bodies due to the level of physical punishment and degradation. These bad practices largely go unnoticed because the sets are self-regulated. The work is non-unionized and without benefits or enforceable industry standards for wages and intellectual property. Further, unlike mainstream content, actresses also aren't able to give royalties. Scenes are a one-shot deal with a decent day rate, but there are no residuals for the on-camera talent. Female porn stars are very powerless in a lot of ways. So there, it's mm-hmm. really difficult for them to sort of rise up in the ranks and get power over the industry and start voicing what they need. For example, if you ever hear about what happened to Mia Khalifa, a really well-known porn star, she admits that she was abused by the industry and she feels like she was taken advantage of because she was very young. A lot of these girls that are coming into the industry are like barely out of high school don't have a college education behind them and are still getting to know themselves and are looking for a source of income. Women tend to be almost crucified if any of anything like that comes out, you know? I I mean, yeah, for sure. And I don't think men experience that same level of ostracization. To me, that really happens because at the end of the day, like pornography is the industry and women are the product. And it's interesting this one researcher kind of compared prostitution and pornography to say they're essentially the same thing because all you're doing is buying sex. In prostitution, you're buying, like, the opportunity to engage in sex. And in pornography, you're, like, buying the opportunity to watch sex. But they're essentially, they give you the same idea of entitlement over women. The strenuous activity is not limited to when actresses are on screen. The preparation for scenes can also be extremely time-consuming and even costly. Porn performers do all sorts of things to make their bodies look like they do, like waxing, weightlifting, bleaching, or Botox. Sometimes they've had surgery to make their breast or penis bigger or their vulva smaller. Of course, no one is compensating them for this upkeep and it's not going on a company card. These are, however, inevitable workplace expenses. 
So if you're a porn star, right, your business is mm-hmm. creating sex appeal and th- that is your business, right? And yeah. if you're consuming the pornography, you are in, you have some form of investment in that. I think it's really negligent and damaging if a woman who is in the eye of the public and who has an who has who makes a significant impression on young girls and if they've had work done on themselves right mm-hmm. and they don't admit to it i think that is extremely upsetting and should like you should be ashamed of yourself if you do that an aspect that i do very much respect about the porn industry is that i think like porn stars are way like so much more transparent about that kind of stuff than like instagram celebrity or celebrities in general like they will very much be like this is what i've had this is what i'm doing like some of them like if you follow like porn stars on twitter and like on instagram or something like they will even like film that like be like look what i'm doing or sometimes i've seen i've seen gofundmes for like porn stars who want to get that type of surgery for themselves and sometimes their fans will fund it which like that's kind of iffy on its own but at least it's is it transparent is out there i don't really view that as that different like that's like i it's i think it's it's like a little sus to be like it's almost like you're requesting a change to a person which i think is a little so like let's so if i Mm -hmm. as a business want to increase shareholder value right (laughs) like it would make sense (laughs) to throw that option out there for people to put in their own investment because there is return for them i don't think that that's wrong in an ideal world like obviously people have their personal preferences but there is someone who is sexually attracted to everyone you know what I mean like there there is always one person who would want like you are 100% their type as naturally as you are and if we I think by like having that as a thing that your fans can participate in it continues to mean like your natural body cannot be as sexually appealing as like these these fake proportions and that's that fake proportion is something that people want and that you should strive to change yourself and to change your body if you want to be more attractive and i don't think that's i don't think that's great and if you are changing some part about your body you're inherently saying that you find something about you to be wrong which is like obviously true for everyone but that's like a really big advertisement of that fact as much as i say that your worth isn't determined by your appearance it sure as sure as hell feels like your worth is determined by your appearance and if 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 getting Mm -hmm. a little bit of plastic surgery means that you feel more confident then i think it is worth that investment but again, I do think that you should not resort to plastic surgery. I think there's if you if you feel that insecure about a body part, then you should probably go to a therapist before you try to make any physical changes. To reduce the industry only to the people on screen, however, tell the false story of what this industry actually looks like. To say that only broken women participate in the industry helps perpetuate harmful stereotypes, that women who are outwardly sexual are usually tainted in some way. In porn, this is known as the damaged good hypothesis, which references the perception that actresses are victims of childhood sexual abuse, are psychologically unhealthy, or use drugs. According to observations published in the Journal of Sex Research, not only did these women suffer no more sexual abuse than typical women, but were in fact psychologically healthier. 
Further studies cited in the report found that actresses had higher levels of self-esteem, positive feelings, social support, spirituality, and were more likely to be concerned about contracting a sexually transmitted disease compared to the matched group. While the study did confirm that actresses were more likely to use drugs, they also found that they were more likely to identify as bisexual, first had sex at an earlier age, had more sexual partners, and enjoyed sex more. All of this seems to draw the unsurprising conclusion that many porn actresses may begin this career simply because they are more sexual people, and not necessarily because they are preyed upon. Most major porn stars, most, not all, and major, not everyone, mm-hmm. are in pornography because they want to be. They said, hmm, I am a sexual person. I want to, I like viewing pornography. Why wouldn't I just become a porn star? And they do it. And I think, why are we going to stop those people for, who want to do it? How are we going to stop them? Why, why would we stop them from doing that? I mean, I get what you're saying to a certain extent, but I don't know if you can really, really apply that. Because, like, okay, sure, like, like you want to be a porn star, it makes you money or whatever. I think it's, like, the same idea as, like, strippers. Like, yeah, some people who are stripping, like, enjoy stripping. Like, it's not the worst for them, but I don't think it's anyone's plan A. I don't think that's anyone's life goal. It's not sustainable. It's not something that you can do forever. Um, and there's obviously a lot of ne- negative aspects to it. You you do have to consider, like, you know, it, it's a general problem of economics in America that you are forced to do all of these things just to make a living. And sure, you can find one that's okay. But, you know, it, it I don't know how truly fulfilling that can be. Like, you know, like some people like to be strippers, but if they had an option to not be a stripper, I don't think they'd still be a stripper. And so I think people who do porn can like doing porn and like definitely want to engage in it. But for the actual actors and actresses in porn, I don't think that's their like if they were given other options, I don't think that's what they'd choose. Kind of disagree with that. I think mm-hmm. I think, yes, there are strippers and there are porn stars and whatever. Like, they went in, they made their money, they leave, they do what they got to do, they get the job done, they go off to do whatever. But I think there is a population of people who they started off for, like, hey, I need to pay my way through college. I'm going to do this thing. And then they stay. You see that a lot with the rise in cam girls, OnlyFans mm-hmm. accounts, all those things. There is, of course, an economic motivation, but I think there are people who are just like, yeah, why wouldn't I just do this act or whatever, post it online, and then make a thousand, make a couple hundred thousand dollars off of it? Christy Hefner was promoted to chairman of the board and CEO of Playboy Enterprises back in 1988. Meanwhile, in 2012, Lux Alphatron purchased Fleshbot from Gawker Media and became its CEO. While the numbers aren't equal, there are a number of women sitting in top positions. Even the nominees for Best Director at this year's Adult Video News Awards, which numbered 15, included eight women. Compared to the Oscars' complete lack of female talent in the category, pornography has become more accepting for its female creatives. I think without religious shame surrounding sex and societal shame around it and porn and everything that comes with it we would have a more positive view of porn 
people would be thinking of it not as something shameful and something to do in secret. But I bet you would have people talking about porn stars in the open like they do movie stars. Because Mm -hmm. I would bet porn stars have a further reach than most movie stars. I can totally see that. Because even like on TikTok right now, there's this trend of like people naming celebrities and they're like, oh, Brad. And the person has to like put in the last name. So you'd be like Brad Pitt. Or they say, like, um, Selena. And then they say they would say, like, Gomez. Um, and then people get to Mia, and they want to test their boyfriends to see if they say Khalifa, which is the name of a yes. famous porn star. But it's, like, I what I like about our generation, that we're more open about that kind of stuff. And, like, sure, the girlfriends are, like, oh, like, uh, like they hit their boyfriends or whatever. And, like, you're you're so funny. But it's not as guilty as shameful and it's okay to know about it and it's okay to talk about it and I think if we did more of that like obviously like that TikTok is like kind of stupid or whatever but like (laughs) just the fact that that is something like you're not gonna be ridiculed for knowing a porn star like not even admitting to watching her but just knowing who she is like I think that is progress and I think that is ultimately beneficial for people there's this trend that um drummers would do as I follow a lot of drummers and whatever where they would like be playing a song and then they would play like the Pornhub intro randomly in the okay game. and so it was like you'd like send it to your friends and it was supposed to be like a try try and see if they if they get it and mm-hmm. then it was like omg I saw that that's so funny like it was created that more open conversation like oh we all know what the Pornhub intro sounds like that that's so funny Erica Lust X Confession series, based on sexual fantasy submitted by fans, has over 10,000 subscribers. In an effort to break barriers for others as well, she has invested $300,000 in 24 different films written and directed exclusively by women to be distributed under her own production company. If that wasn't enough, she also recently launched The Porn Conversation, an online platform of resources to help parents talk to their kids about porn. When asked by Allure.com, she stated, quote, So many people making porn don't want to take the responsibility. I am a person who feels responsible. Bottom line, porn is sex ed, whether we like it or not. They are celebrated not because they are women, but because of how they push the industry forward. To me, education has always been the great equalizer. In a Dutch longitudinal study, the more a young person had learned about the use of pornography from their school sex education, the less likely they were to see women as objects. After studying both sides, the one thing that I can say for sure is that Erica Lust is right. For better or for worse, whether good or bad, pro or anti-feminist, porn has become our national sex educator. Our fears on talking about sex have led teens to turn to the internet with an inadequate guide of how it's supposed to work in real life. To quote Dr. Daniel J. Levy, learning about sex by watching porn is like learning to shoot a gun from watching Bruce Willis movies. Both are fantasy-based entertainment and by following either one, somebody's bound to get hurt. There are plenty of resources out there already, such as In the Picture, a comprehensive sex education project that teaches and educates and promotes discussion. 
Their website, which has resources for teens, schools, and parents on sex education, has lots of great resources and covers many of the topics discussed here. The website for the project, It's Time We Talked, is free and easily accessible. Perhaps the worst thing about pornography and the worst thing for women is ignorance. When we're not taught about our bodies, how to express what we want or address our needs, bad things are bound to happen. Women should be talked to about sex and porn in a straightforward, open-minded way that doesn't seek to demonize desire or even over-romanticize the reality. So is pornography pro or anti-feminist? Well, people should be allowed to decide that for themselves, and they should have the education to do it.